Amen. Do we really love Jesus is the question we need to ask ourselves today. Do we love him enough to sacrifice of our time, of our finances, of our life, the way that he sacrificed for us? You have your Bibles this morning. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 11, 1 Corinthians chapter 11. I want to talk to you just briefly this morning on the instruction that Paul had given the church at Corinth, a very non-spiritual church at the time, a church who at this time was making a mockery of the Lord's Supper. They had turned the Lord's Supper into a drunken orgy, so to speak. A lot of things was taking place during the Lord's Supper that was not what was meant to be. So as Paul was instructing this church of Corinth of the importance uh, and the procedure of partaking of the Lord's Supper, he then gives a warning in verse 27 in order to demonstrate the seriousness of this special ordinance of the church. Like many things in today's society, some, uh, uh, for some the observance of the Lord's Supper has lost its significance. That's why we here at Fairview Baptist Church don't just tag the Lord's Supper on the end of a regular service, but we commit the entire service to this ordinance that Jesus Christ left with the church. For some it's simply become a religious thing to do. For some, it's just because, I mean, it's just become a religious ritual that they do week after week after week. And when you do that, folks, you lose the significance of what the Lord's Supper is truly all about. So let's look at what Paul had to say to this church, this church who had begun making a mockery of this most important ordinance that Jesus Christ left to the church. Verse 27 of 1 Corinthians 11, he says this, Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord, unworthy, shall be guilty of the body and the blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He says, But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthy, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself. Why? Because he has not discerned the Lord's body. He has not understood the importance and the significance of what the Lord's Supper is all about. Verse 30, for this cause. Now what he means by this cause, he, uh, he's talking about what he's just talked about. Because so many people are doing it unworthy. Because so many people are making a mockery of the Lord's Supper. Because so many people do not understand the significance. And when we get to that point in our life, he said, this is why some of you in this church are weak. He says, this is why some of you in this church are sickly. And he goes on and says, and even, you know, many of you have died because of your mockery of the Lord's Supper, because you have not taken the Lord's Supper as serious as what God means for it to be. Folks, what we're going to do here this morning means something to God. It's not just a ritual that we go through. 
It's a time of reflection. It's a time of remembering this bloody body that was shed, uh, that shed his blood on Mount Calvary because of his love for you, because of his love for me. We must never lose sight of that. He says, many of you have even died. But he says, if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. And he's talking about being judged there of God, being judged there because of our making a mockery of this most important ordinance of the church. Look, when participating in the Lord's Supper, I believe these verses show us the seriousness of it, folks. We need to get serious this morning about what we're about to do here in just a few moments. We need to get serious about this, you know, because Paul is saying many who have taken this Lord's Supper and they don't take it serious, they're weak, they're sick, and some have even died because of the mockery they make of this Lord's Supper. I believe there's at least three things we must take a look at before partaking of the Lord's Supper this morning. And we see those three things here in 1 Corinthians 11, beginning with verse 24. We must look, first of all, backwards. We must take a look backwards. Here's what he says in verse 24. And when he had given thanks, now this is Jesus, you know, you know, uh, with his disciples and, and, and he, he, he's instituting this ordinance. And when he had given thanks, he broke bread and he said, take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. He said this, we're take, talking here about taking a look backwards. He said, this do in remembrance of me. Folks, this whole service this morning is looking backward and remembering what Jesus Christ did for us. He said, do it in remembrance of me. And after the same manner, he took the cup. And when he had supped the cup, he said, this is the New Testament in my blood. This do as often as you do it, do it in remembrance of me. Remembrance means taking a look backwards. Remembering means look back at what Jesus Christ did. Notice he said, you know, when you partake of the Lord's Supper, everything is to do, uh, has to do with remembering what he did for us. In other words, the Lord's Supper, folks, it's a memorial service to remind us of Jesus Christ in the death on the cross that he went to for our sins, to remember the pain and the suffering he went through on our behalf. And as a remembrance of the love he demonstrated for us when we partake of the lord's supper folks when we break the bread this morning you know it it, it should be that we will remember and take a look back at the love he demonstrated as he hung there on that cross in our place we must sit And look in awe at Gethsemane. You remember when he is in the garden of Gethsemane. And he was crying out to the Father, Lord, if there be any other way. If there be any other way. He knew the pain and suffering he is about to go through. We're told there that he he was so intense that his sweat was like blood running down his face. Even there in the garden of Gethsemane. When we partake of this Lord's Supper, we should remember and look back at his time there in the garden when he cried out to the Father because he understood the agony that he was about to go 
through. We should stand outside the walls of old Jerusalem and survey the wondrous cross that Jesus died on. We should look back as, as we can look at that hill and Jesus Christ there in that middle cross, broken, bloodied for our sins. We should let this experience, folks, become real this morning in our minds. We should let this experience become real in our emotions and in our will in our, and let it sway what we do here this morning. We must remember Calvary and what it means, you know, as we receive the elements of the Lord's Supper into our hearts and our minds this morning. Now, not only are we to look backwards, we're also to see in this passage, we're to look forward. Verse 26 says, as oft as you eat this bread and drink this cup, here's what he says, you do show the Lord's death until he comes. That is looking forward. Not only look back at what he did, but folks, this morning we must look forward at what we can expect. You see, by our participation in the Lord's Supper, we proclaim Christ's death. And we're told to do it until He comes back. Do it until He returns. Do it until He comes back for His church to rapture us up. The most glorious event, folks, on the horizon that we can look forward to is that moment when the, when the sky is going to roll back, when we hear a trumpet sound, when we hear, you know, Jesus Christ call the dead back to life. And those of us who are alive and remain, we're going to be caught up. We can look forward to that, folks. And, and, and when the Apostle John said, you know, you know, as he closed the book of Mar uh, the, the Revelation, he said, Maranatha, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Folks, we need to be looking at that call that we're waiting on even today to come up hither, just as John heard. Yes, partaking of the Lord's Supper should remind us of what is to come when Jesus splits that eastern sky and takes his people out of this cruel, sinful world. This morning, as we partake that, let us look forward to what we can expect when Jesus comes back again. A place where there will be no more pain, a place no more sorrow or death. So as we break bread this morning, we should be reminded to look forward at what God has in store for those who love him, for those who are saved, for those who know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. But let me talk to you just a moment about the cup, the cup of the wine. You see, it's not just by accident that Jesus had them serve bread and wine that evening. Everything Jesus was doing with the disciples that, that evening was for a purpose, and it had a meaning. And when we partake of the Lord's Supper, it's not solely for the purpose of remembering His death. Yes, the wine is symbolic of the blood of Jesus Christ, definitely. But I think it goes beyond that. Because we're talking here about looking forward. And here's how I believe it goes beyond that. We should also be reminded that this is the cup of the covenant which seals our ketchabah. What is a ketchabah? 
A catch a bar is the, is the contract that Jesus Christ has made with his bride. You see, back in those days, you know, when, when, when a, a man, you know, found a girl he wanted and, and he paid the price to her father for, you know, her, her, the privilege of marrying her, there was a contract written and this contract was called a catch a bar. And what they did with this ketchabal, with the signing of this contract, they drank a glass of wine to seal that covenant, to seal that ketchabal. And then when the man came back to receive his bride year, a year or so later, they would have the second cup to celebrate him coming back for his bride. So you see, that glass of wine wasn't just symbolic of the blood that Jesus Christ was going to shed, but it was also Jesus Christ letting them know we're entering a new covenant, we're entering a marriage covenant at this time, we're sealing that covenant with this glass of wine, and when I come back to take you out of this world, we'll have that second cup of wine together at the marriage feast of the Lamb. Isn't that fantastic? Isn't that great? To know that. You see, the cup that Jesus drank at his last Passover on earth was the first cup of the new covenant, marriage covenant. As he stated in Luke 22, he said this, This is the cup of the new covenant of my blood, which is shed for you. Yes, it's true. He told his disciples, as often as you do this, do it in remembrance of me. So, folks, we should partake of the Lord's Supper this morning for the purpose of remembering his sacrifice but also looking forward to that second cup that we're going to share with him at the marriage feast of the Lamb. Jesus told his disciples, you remember in Matthew 26, I will not drink of the fruit of this vine from now on until the day I drink it with you anew in my Father's kingdom. That's the marriage feast of the Lamb. So in this passage, Jesus was speaking of the traditional second cup that the bride of Christ will share with him on that glorious day at the second part of our marriage ceremony, which is going to take place after the rapture of the church. Now, not only must we look backward, remember the pain and suffering that he went through, we must look forward to that day that we're going to drink that second cup with him at the wedding feast. But thirdly, we must look inward. Before we go any further, we need to look inward this morning. That's what he says in verse 28. But let a man examine himself. That's looking inward. That's taking the time to just look inside my heart. Look inside my life. He says, let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. If there was ever a time, folks, we should do some serious uh, you know, soul-searching, it's in preparation for partaking of the Lord's Supper. Because, again, of the seriousness of it. Because of the seriousness of it. Paul says we're to examine ourselves. Not, not necessarily to discover whether we're worthy to participate, as it's the blood of Jesus Christ that makes us worthy, but it's to determine, or to determine if we're partaking the Lord's Supper in a worthy manner. And in a worthy purpose. That's what it's for. If you're saved, you're a baptized believer, you know, the blood of Jesus Christ makes you worthy to partake of this. However, 
what we must examine ourselves for is to look and see if we're doing it in a worthy manner. Am I doing this in a worthy manner? Some questions we need to ask ourselves as we take time here in just a moment to examine ourselves. Let me just give you four things. There's more, but let me give you four things. First thing, as we take a moment here in just a moment to examine ourselves, to give each of us time to examine ourselves, four questions that we may need to ask. First of all, is there some unconfessed sin in my life that is causing separation between me and God? Is there some sin that I know is sin within my life, but I'm enjoying this sin, therefore I haven't confessed it to God, I haven't been forgiven of it? Is there unconfessed sin in my life that's standing between me and God? If there is, if there is, and you do not seek forgiveness of that, you'll be taking this in an unworthy manner. Another question we need to ask ourselves, is there some habitual sin in my life that I refuse to deal with because I enjoy doing this habitual sin, but I know it's causing separation between me and God? If there is, and you do not turn that sin over to God and ask forgiveness of it, you will be taking the Lord's Supper in an unworthy manner. A third question, are there some things in my life that I put before my service and devotion before the Lord. In other words, are there some things in my life I love more than the Lord? Because look, anything we put before our service and devotion to Him is another God in our life. So we need to examine our hearts. Is there something that I put before God in my life? And I think a fourth question we need to ask ourselves. Is there aught between myself and a brother or sister in Christ? Is there unforgiveness in my heart toward another child of God that I refuse to seek forgiveness of, that I, for, that I choose to not make right? If there is, and you partake of the Lord's Supper this morning, you'll be partaking it in an unworthy manner. Some of you are saying, Pastor, I've never heard such nonsense. Folks, that's what the church at Corinth thought it was too. And as a result of that way of thinking, many were weak, many were sick, and many died because of that mentality. We're going to take a moment here in just a moment to allow ourselves to examine ourselves. And this is just four things we need to ask the Holy Spirit to speak to us about. These are just a few of the things we must take a, a moment to examine within our hearts and our life before taking this in a worthy manner for a worthy purpose. Look, no one on their own merits, not a one of us in here on our own merits, Okay, has the privilege of sitting before the Lord's table, not a one of us. But by God's grace, we're given the privilege of becoming his children and having fellowship with him. You know, the psalmist prayer is always appropriate for this time of examination. The psalmist prayer I'm talking about is found in Psalm 139, verse 23, and it says this, Search me, O God. Search me, O God. This might need to be your prayer this morning. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me. Try me, Lord, and know my thoughts. 
and see if there be any wicked way in me. Think about that. In our time of examination, just go before the Lord and say, search me, O God, come into my heart. Uh, you know, just let your Holy Spirit go through every area of my life. See if there's any wicked way in me. Lord, try me, try my thoughts, know my thoughts. And if there's any wicked way within me, Lord, reveal that to me. And when he does, listen, confess it to him. Don't try to make excuses for what you're doing. So what makes one worthy to properly participate in the Lord's Supper this morning? What is going to make you worthy? What is going to make me worthy? The blood of Jesus Christ makes us worthy. We must be committed, baptized believers who are willing to take a look backwards and remember all that Christ went through on our behalf. We must be willing to take a look forward at the soon return of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And finally, we must be willing to look inward into our hearts and see if there's any wicked way within us. Then we must be willing to confess that before the Lord. Take these three looks, or taking these three looks, folks can help us reverently and meaningfully participate in the Lord's Supper in a worthy manner and in a worth, with a worthy purpose. So we're going to have a time here in just a moment to where we ask the Lord to truly speak to our heart and see if there's any wicked way in us, see if there's anything within our heart that would hinder us from taking of this Lord's Supper in a worthy manner. I'm going to ask the praise team to come back up, and I'm going to ask them to sing a song with every head bowed, every eye closed. And I'm going to ask them to, as they sing this song, for you to examine yourself, to look deep within inside you, and ask the Lord to reveal to you anything that may be standing in the way this morning of you being able to take the Lord's Supper in a worthy manner. If there is, confess that to Him. Let's bow our heads as they sing, Create in me a clean heart. That needs to be our prayer this morning. Pray.